me slip away on Gordon Lightfoot, gone at the age of 84. I'm Jerry Agar, in for John Moore today. And pollster John Wright joins me. We're going to talk about uh, the upcoming mayoral election. But, um, John, any thoughts on Gordon Lightfoot? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Such an incredible influence on not just, uh, you know, how Canada is seen, but think of all the artists that he has influenced since hanging out in Yorkville with Joni Mitchell and so many others. I mean, it really takes you back to the late 60s, early 70s, when all that was happening and just how many how many learned from, from him. It's just an incredible legacy. The people who played with him were really good. And I, you know, just listening in my headphones, I'm admiring, uh, this is kind of just me, I guess. I'm admiring uh, the bass line parts in his songs. And mm-hmm. do I remember correctly, you play the bass? Oh yeah, I've I've tried to play for many many years, and uh, I've in fact uh, enjoyed playing in bands. But it's uh, nowhere close to some of the musicians that he had for sure. All right, well let's talk about where your expertise really does lie and uh, polling. You've been doing it for many years, and I see the polls that come out, John, um, and it'll say, well, for a while it was Josh Matlow was in the lead, and now Olivia Chow is in the lead, and I look at that and go, yeah, but you couldn't possibly have polled on all fifty nine candidates. How does this work? Well, you, you you don't poll on 59 candidates because nobody would sit through either listening to that or online dealing with that. So there are some arbitrary decisions that uh, polling companies make. They'll look at this and sort of say, well, who's in the top 10 or who's in the top eight? And they'll look on name recognition and experience and people who, you know, we follow in the news and they'll put that down. I note, however, that so, we, you know, you would get uh, Chow and Saunders and Matlow and Mitzi Hunter and uh, Jill Panalosa, Brad Bradford, Annabelle. Um, but, but then there's others that you might miss. So Anthony Fury, uh, former some columnist, doesn't appear on these, maybe a couple of others. And I think the only thing that you deal with then is that the upcoming debates and kind of the attention that media focus on these people are based on the polls. So in that arbitrary decision to maybe put eight on the list, you're leaving out maybe three or four others who won't get that attention or be on the uh, decision making for a debate. So you got to be careful, but that's how it works. They're, They're basically giving them a list and then they're saying, is there anyone else? And, you know, they can put down that, but then they release it based on what they've decided. All right. Do you think that a good enough job is done by the various polling companies on that aspect of is there anybody else? Like, would they would they ask that? And after a bit, they'd say, you know, let's use Anthony Fury as an example where they would say, you know, we weren't really polling on Anthony Fury, but he keeps showing up. So maybe we need to research that a little more. Yeah, they might, uh, but oftentimes it's done in such a way where it just says other candidates, but doesn't do it on an open-ended basis so that somebody is able to do that. But no, this is how it begins at this stage. They're taking name recognition and based on, you know, the status of politics and who might be there as opposed to the entire group and just doing that list. Okay, maybe this is an unfair question, but if you're acknowledging that there's a certain subjectivity to that, you've got 59 names and the pollster knows that the the respondent is not going to talk tolerate you going through 59 names. So you've made some choices on who you believe uh, Mm -hmm. is leading, but does that make it in essence a kind of a push-pull? It's not, well, push-pull is to, you know, 
try to get people to say things that are not necessarily true, but I think what it does is in every circumstance, um, push the pollster's credibility to make sure that the scope of the people that they're choosing are the right ones. Again, you'd agree with me, you can't do 60, but the question is how many do you do? And if it's eight or 10, it is subjective. The thing that you watch for as well though, Jerry, is that there are other polling firms. We're blessed in this country with actually having, you know, a credibility among a good number of the pollsters because they belong to a national organization and make sure that you have standards of disclosure and things like that. A lot of them have been in the game a long time, someone 30 years or so. So if you don't get everybody on one list, you may get others on another list. And that way, at least you get a good sense of where the top runners are. I'm Jerry Agar in for John Moore this morning, and I'm with pollster John Wright. Um, we've just learned, we knew this was probably coming because she'd made the promise, but uh, I guess Mitzi Hunter is going to step down as an MPP. She says, I'm all in, and I want people to know that. So um, she's giving up a good gig in order to run for mayor, and I don't. <laughs> maybe she's not reading the polls. Well, maybe not, uh, but there's lots of reasons why people are in politics. You and I know that. Um, and so maybe she doesn't want to be part of a small group at Queen's Park and she wants to make a, a run for this. Maybe she's setting up to run for city council at another point in time. There's lots of reasons for this, but you also see it's not like a convention where you see people cross the floor and support somebody else. But she may be in a position where she folds her tent and says, you know, I endorse this candidate and move over. Who knows at this stage? Here's what we do know. Out of all of the candidates, almost nobody's paying attention. You and I pay attention to them, but you know, Mr. and Mrs. Front Porch are just not in the mood for political engagement at the moment. It'll be probably about two weeks out from the end of the campaign, and by that time we'll have seen a lot of the campaign out and beyond the social media. It'll it'll heat up a lot, but we won't pay attention until about the last 10 days of the campaign and the last five, a lot of people will have taken a hard stare and made up their minds. So we've got a lot of terrain to travel between now and then. Well, that's true. And I, But I would also add this. Out of those 59 candidates, you've got the ones that show up in the polls. Then there may be one or two that will get themselves wedged into the polls. And I think Anthony Fury is trying to do that. I think that uh, you, you have a few people like him, quite frankly, most of the people who are on that list, the only thing they've done is gone in, plunked down their money and, and put themselves on the list. Yeah, I'm running for mayor. And that's all they're doing. They are doing nothing to gain attention. Yeah, sure. Um, frankly, if you wanted to put something on your resume, you could go and pay the money and put former mayoralty candidate. It would look pretty impressive, I suppose. But you're right. The, the thing that you, you choose these people to put on a poll because they have public notoriety. You know who they are, and you're absolutely right. As a campaign goes on, if Anthony Fury, in fact, captures the attention of somebody to put him on a list, then he'll be there. And I, and I actually think he should be on the list because he does an awful lot of media coverage and he's got a lot of bold ideas. This is about having a conversation about the city of Toronto and choosing the mayor, which is going to be very different because this is a one-shot deal. You, you choose from this list as opposed to having the noise of the trustees and everybody else on the ballot. It'll be important to get a good sense from polling leading up to the campaign, probably in the last month, you know, what that list looks like. And I think you and I would be able to sit in a room and sort of say, well, let's name the top, you know, eight or 10 of those people. You and I could come up with that. And that's essentially what's going to happen. 
I might have trouble doing 10. <laughs> I could do. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, so. you know what? Yeah, and, and we're, not, uh, we're not through with a campaign, and you never know if there's going to be a dark horse. But the reality is that it's a, an interesting virtuous cycle, isn't it? People yeah. stand for office. Uh, media pump their names out there. They get on a list. They move forward as part of that, and we hear the debates. And so we still have a long runway before we get close to anything and being, you know, uh, right in the window. Yeah, well, I could name 10 if I included some of them that I think are just wackadoos <laughs> that'll never get elected, but that's the, you know, that's another story. John, always good to talk to you. Thanks very much. It's my pleasure, Jerry. Take yep. care.